This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast, the podcast where we talk to brewery owners and ask questions about owning a brewery so that future brewery owners can learn a thing or two. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, just back up a little bit and hit that subscribe button. This is episode number 783, and in this episode, we sit down with Nixon Morelli of South Shore Craft Brewery in Oceanside, New York. Nick tells us how building a strong team is really important to him, how having a big outdoor area and no neighbors to complain about noise sets them apart from other breweries, and gives us tips for home brewing, making sure that you spend your money wisely. I wish I would have contacted Nick before I went and bought all the equipment that I have now, because I have way too much and I spend way too much. Well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. I'll just have to use it to make more beer. Champagne problems, my friend. Or should I say craft beer problems? Or should I say neither of them? I'm going to go with the latter. And while I do that, you listen to the newest episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast. And today I'm with Nick Cimarelli of South Shore Craft Brewery in Oceanside, New York. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going well. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Glad we can make it work. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit, you know, about you and, you know, where you grew up, how it, how it led into you, uh, owning a brewery? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I basically grew up on Long Island. I mean, I think I was, I was born in Brooklyn, but we moved out here pretty quick. Uh, so I was basically brought up out here in, in Nassau County. Um, I was, you know, I was a school teacher for 34 years. I just recently retired and, uh. You know, part of, the, part of the plan, I guess, at some point became, before I retired, was like, hey, you know, I've been homebrewing for 25 years, um, sharing my beer with a bunch of people at work, um, and it was just like, everyone's like, you got to open up a brewery, you got to open up a brewery. Um, my my uh, partner in the business was also a co-teacher of mine. We kind of ran the whole department. So I got him involved in it and okay. um, showed him how to homebrew and stuff like that. So, you know, the two of us, you know, concocted this plan to open up a brewery. And that's pretty much, in a nutshell, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot more I could tell you, but um, yeah, no, that's, pretty that's much how we, how we kind of, you know, came up with the idea. Okay. This. Yeah. And uh, what was that, like, aha moment for you that, that kind of stuck out where you were like, I'm doing this? I'm going to make this happen. Um, I, I think the aha moment was be, just being part of, like, you know, I, the homebrew club in Nassau County, I kind of joined in, in, like, 2015. And, you know, I got a really a lot of positive feedback from them. And I saw other people, you know, be, being able to do it. And I'm like, wow. So this, this probably is something that, you know, is definitely doable. And, uh right. And another, another aha moment was was hooking up with my um, business partner Yui, and you know he he kind of pushed me, and because he wanted to do this too, and so a little push here and a little push there kind of kind of made this happen. Gotcha. And uh, the homebrew club that's that was the one with, that Pete ran, right? Pete ran. Yep. Pete. Oh, now Pete's our brewer. Uh, yes, I heard that. Yeah, I, I, spoke, I spoke to him recently about that. Yeah. 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 So um, you know just. Really, if he hadn't opened up a shop in Baldwin, which is close, right. instead of me and I have to travel and everything else, because I like going to the shop, not just getting stuff on mail order. Um, right. 
It wouldn't. It probably wouldn't have happened. And then you know, it it just it just everything fell into place. It's hard to explain. Right. It just, yeah, I I love to frequent his shop at the right time. Yeah, I loved going to his shop when it was there. It was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great it's little great little setup. Uh, so how did you guys go about fun, funding your business? Um, we we put some of our money in. Honestly, most of the, most of the money came from um, an SBA loan. So. I will say that anyone that's trying to do this, don't even bother trying to get funding unless you have like a rock solid business plan. Uh, we worked with a company that um, helped us develop our business plan. It, it was an investment. It was, you know, a few thousand dollars, but right. um, you know, took and it took about six months to do. But once that was done and prepared, and it had a professional look, and it was researched, um, and then we presented it to the bank. Um, they were very impressed with it, and uh, they, they we got the funding. I mean, obviously, we had to put a percentage down. Right, uh, for sure. You know, we had to put, you know, we, if you, they're not going to give you a, a loan unless you have skin in the game, obviously. Of course. You know, it's kind of like buying yep. a house, you know. You know, it's no 5% no five and no PMI insurance. It's like, you know, you got to put down. I think it's like, like a third, know, right, or something well, like that? I think, I think we got away with like around 20%, 20, 20 okay. to 25%. Um something like that but yeah okay and uh from the from when you first came up with the idea to open the brewery to the moment you open your doors during that whole that process what was the hardest part for you oh, i get uh the hardest part was kind of like just honestly just get getting every little bit coordinated between your ttb license your state license getting a lease uh, working with the town to get the building department, working with your architect, working with your equipment manufacturer, um, you know, and they, you know, we were thinking small and I'm glad like we were going to get a five barrel system. I'm glad we went to a seven barrel system. We probably should have went to a 10 barrel system, but right. um, I'm happy with the choices that we made. Um, I would, but again, just all the little pieces and then a few months before we opened, we had to make sure that we had our public assembly. So a lot of people don't realize if you have a certain, uh, how do you say, uh, occupancy rate, you need to have a public assembly through the, uh, through the town, you know. So right, which means you have to have fire systems and fire alarm systems and things like that. So a lot, of, a lot of hoops you got to jump through. That's yeah, that's what I'm yeah. hearing. If yeah. uh, if somebody like was looking to open their own place and uh, knowing what you know now about the whole opening process, would you recommend? them hire somebody that knows how to deal with all that well we hired somebody but we had to figure a lot of it out on our own so okay. you have to do all the research nobody's going to hand you a book and say here's your checklist go do x y and z and you're going to be able to open up this brewery there were things that we didn't do and that we just kind of just started finishing up now even though we were open there was some compliance and regulation things that um, we were out of compliance on, but we were able right. to, to take care of that. Um, the other thing I would say is don't, don't think small. You need to think big. You need to, to, to have room in your place to expand because if you're successful, you're going to need to expand very quickly. And um, it's very easy to grow out of a, a, of a space if you pick a, a space that's too small. We were lucky that we, we picked a place that there was room to expand, and and we're you know we really took over. We almost 
with the storage area and everything that we needed, you know, we almost, I wouldn't say double the size, but we definitely, you know, increased our size of our, our place a lot. Awesome. And uh, when opening, uh, is there something that, what's something that you never thought you were going to have to deal with now that you've been open for a while? <laughs> um, people, <laughs> employees. <laughs> I employ, like they say, you know, the, the, the old, you know, the, the famous quote is, you know, employee, employees are your greatest resource. But, you know, right. having having reliable employees, having people that are going to be there for you and and, and be trustworthy is, is really important. And, and then as you get big, you, you, know, you, you know, we started the place with a handful of employees. And now we, you know, we have like, you know, cycling through like 20 or 30 people, you know, and, you know, even though like some people only work one day a week, but, you know. For a lot of people in, in this business, or at least in ours, it's a it's a part time job. So, right, um, you know, having having reliable people, and we were lucky to, to get some very good reliable people from from the get go. Absolutely. Right. Build, so building building a strong team is really you important. Yeah, you can't do it all by yourself. I think that's no. uh, that's definitely one of one of the things between like sales and distribution and ordering ordering materials and everything and dealing with payroll i mean having a bookkeeper i mean something as simple as that that knows what they're doing i mean we're still figuring out figuring out how to the best way to you know to, to do our books and make sure that we're all in compliance with everything that we need i'm sure and uh you guys opened around was it 2018 you opened your doors uh 2000, october 2019 2019 so it was about it was about 16 17 month from the time we signed the lease um, um yeah so we incorporated in the 2017 right uh, in 2018 we signed our lease which you really can't even do anything until you sign your lease so that's like a huge like people don't realize that like you can't even start applying for licenses or anything until you have a place so now you're committed to a place and you got to realize that, that can take anywhere from, you know, 12 to 18 months before, you know, if you're lucky to get, right. to get, to get everything going. So you're paying, you're paying your rent and you're not yeah. even making yeah, any I mean, income. Yeah, we made a deal. I mean, we, you know, again, a, a lot of places, depending on where you are, not a lot, but I'm right. sure some people will realize it's going to take you a year and they'll give you a, a break. So we, we were right. given a break on the first year of rent. So but then cool. at some point people want, you know. They want obviously they want their rent. You know? They're gonna up it. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and you were open for just a short while before COVID hit. Uh, how'd you go about? How'd you go about dealing with that and uh, pivoting to to make your business work? I'm sure that that had to hurt a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, you know, funny stories. I mean, you know, we were open five months, and as it turns out. The, the weekend, the Friday before everything shut down, it was like right, it was like right before um, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay, um, we canned our first batch, first two batches. So we were five months in. We always wanted to can, so we were, we were lucky that we canned those two batches. So we had like 140, 150 cases of beer, and um, so okay, so now we knew we could sell, like we could sell to go and, and things like that. We also had a hand canner. So we had all this beer that was produced. Um, it's sitting in kegs. Obviously, you can't really sell that to go. 
So we had one of those October seamers that we used to use for, you know, like samples and like, you know, bringing, giving to people and trying to get right. our stuff out. So we like, we broke that out. We had people come in, you know, we, I mean, obviously we had to lay off some people, but we did bring people in every day and we would do like five or 10 cases of beer a day out of the taps. And um, our, our point of sales company was really good. They, they hooked us up with the website really quick and... You know, between deliveries and people coming in and picking up uh, beer, uh, it, it, it was a lifesaver. It was a lifesaver for those probably, I think it was like maybe like three months we were all shut down right. until June yeah. and started slowly opening up. But without that, without that can seamer and without that first batch being canned, and then obviously after that we knew, okay, well, we're going to start, anything we brew is going into cans. And uh, right. yeah. So that was, uh, that think, was a think, lifesaver at that point. I think things were a little bit more relaxed out in the island than they were in the city for sure, but I'm sure that had yeah. to help a tiny bit, thank God. I mean, it just, it's, listen, our goal was just to get the rent paid every month. Right. And what do you think has been the, uh, the biggest lesson uh, learned so far since opening? Um, things change very quickly, very, very quickly. And you have to right. be prepared to... Either, if you're not prepared, you need to figure it out very quick of how you're going to adapt to that change. Um, you know, if, if you're doing well and you start growing quickly, you, you need to be have stuff to, to accommodate that, that uh, increased demand. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I hear a lot of people uh, talk about, you know, like the almost like a flooding of the market. Um, you know, there was almost no breweries going yeah. back. Yeah. eight years ago and now it's almost like it's insane especially in your area i mean you got i think you know with long beach now and uh, you got like four or five breweries in your surrounding yeah. areas uh how do you stay ahead of the competition i know it's like a com- almost like a camaraderie everybody kind of gets along um but yeah, I mean, how do you I stay ahead I, I yeah i mean i i don't really think it's 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 they are competition of, of course but it's it is definitely a camaraderie I, I think the beer I think having a good beer culture and I think being um, in touch with the, the the people around you is important um, we're lucky that we have a nice space uh, a big space uh, and we were able to you know do do a tent outside in our parking lot right. so I think that kind of sets us apart a little bit. Um, we're kind of also isolated from a lot of people, so we really don't have uh, any neighbors to, to worry about with noise and, 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 and things like that. So, you know, I think that kind of sets us apart a little bit. And, you know, we have done a lot of parties and things like that. So that kind of, I think, sets us apart from, from our, 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 our friends that, that brew near us. Gotcha. But uh, another thing that I think sets us apart is that we try to do um, a wide variety of beer. We, we don't really stick, you know, we, we have the ones that sell, but we also try to, you know, put some other things on there that everybody's like, our, go, our, our motto is let's have something for everybody. Right. It's tough going into a brewery when it's like, oh, IPA, yeah. IPA, IPA, oh, double IPA. Oh, good. <laughs> well, including, but also including wine, wine, mead, right. um, yes. cider. That's, that, that I think is important. You know, if you don't, you have to have gluten-free options or... You're just going to shut out a whole segment of the population. Of course. Yeah. And uh, is there somebody, uh, I'm sure, you know, you have 
tons of friends in the brewing industry now, but is there somebody that stands out that was a, a big influence for you? Um, well, I'll, I'll give a shout out to um, my, the guy, uh, Mark, um, in um, Six Harbors. Again, he was he was one of the guys that was in the homebrew club and, you know, right. seeing him open up a brewery, like, you know, standing next to him and pouring him at festivals, then he's an opening up brewery. It's like, well, I, I, you know, I could probably do that too, you know? I mean, so, yeah, yeah. something like that. Just, just seeing people do things that, that are on, on, you know, that are the same as people that are the same as you, you know, it's doable. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's a cool guy. I, I interviewed him uh, a while back. He's a uh, big on business plan, huge yeah. on business plan. And I don't well, blame yeah. him, you know, planning out. is very important. Um, how do you, uh, is there a moment that sticks out for you, uh, that made you feel like you were going in the right direction? Um, there's probably a lot of moments. I know it's moments. always, he's always keeping your head above water. There's probably a lot of moments, but, you know, just having people come in and just saying that they really like the beer, you know, that's, that's really right. the moment. People come in and you go, this is great beer, it tastes wonderful and things like that. And that's really what, what does it. If people like it, you know, they're going to come back and, and you know, you're going to be successful. Right. And how do you specifically uh, yourself, in your opinion, what is success to you? It's a tough one, you know. <laughs> that really is. Um, I, I know I'm I'm not the type of person that needs to like you know conquer every mountain. You know, I mean, if if we have a nice steady business and we have customers that keep coming back to us because they like our beer, to to me that is success. You know, and we right. have that. We have people that we see on, on a weekly or biweekly basis, and you know, we know them by name. They know us by name, and they're like. When are you going to bring back that beer? When are you going to bring back that beer? So, like, they remember all the beers that we have and ha have and have brewed. And um, that's what really kind of makes it makes it for me. Gotcha. And uh, I'm sure owning a business can get a little little crazy uh, sure. at times. Um, how important is a mental break for you? Um, I know well, you were you were a teacher and, and still trying to open this. And so how do you go about doing that? Um, if I need a mental break, break, I'll just go in the back room. I'll just walk away from everything. I'll just go. I'll just go in the back room and do things. I mean, I definitely take try to take mental breaks and definitely try to take days off during the week. Um, right. But um, just being busy is I kind of honestly for me is a mental is a mental break. As long as you know, I, if I, if I'm doing something I know how to do, that that's fine. That that's good gotcha. enough for me. <laughs> and what do you think's been the biggest change? in the industry since you've opened your brewery? I think the biggest change has just been a lot more competition. You know, you go into, right. you go into a beer distributor and my, myself personally, I don't know, I don't know what beer to pick, you know, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, there's all these different breweries and we're, we're one of them. I mean, it's just like, what, what beer do you pick? What beer do you try? Um, you know, we're, we're lucky that people know that, you know, certain beers here, um, are very popular and we try to push those out to the breweries so there's some kind of brand recognition but uh just going to a brewery i'm sorry going to a beer distributor or anything it's just you know what beer do i pick today yeah right hard, do you feel so like hard to choose do you feel like the market's getting a, a little flooded and uh if if so what is the future look like for the beer uh industry 
I don't know. It's definitely getting saturated with a lot of small breweries. Um, right. It, it is, and you know, they, you know, like I, I'll, give, I'll give an example. I mean, Barrier was one of the first ones around here. Right. If not the first one, and they were very smart. You know, they 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 focused on distribution and getting their brand in and uh, loyal following. So, so that's key. So if you have a loyal following, I, I think then you know you'll do well. But you only get a lot of following by making good beer that people right. like. Yeah. Speak. Yeah. Speaking of good beer, uh, what was your gateway beer into the craft beer world? What was my um, which beer was it? My your your gateway beer. What was the beer that opened up your your mind to the craft beer world? Oh, I've, I've said this before, but like, well, I mean, well, I guess Blue Point Toasted Lager. Was definitely definitely one of the early ones, right. you know, back in the nineties. Um, I like that beer, Pete's Wicked Ale. Of course, that's that's gone right now. Right, you know, the Sam yes. Adams. You know that they, they, you know, the ones that were marketed, and 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 I tried. You know, they were they were really good. So yeah, some of those. Gotcha. Those yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, you were home brewing for how long before you before you actually opened? I, I, I think I did my first batch in like 1996, 95 okay. and 96. So if you had, give somebody uh, one tip for home brewing, what would that be? <laughs> one tip. Um, Just one. Save your money. Major. You're going to be spending a lot of money on equipment because you, you're always going to want to imp- keep improving. Of course. You know, spend yeah. your money wisely. Buy quality <laughs> equipment. Like you know, I mean, I still have stuff. I just lived my first brew kettle 25 years ago, so that was really? homemade, you know, out of, a, out of an old keg. Out of that an old was, keg, right. You know, liberated. Yeah, right, I'm uh, sure. And, I don't uh, know doing that, but... No, no. <laughs> and uh, what's next for your uh, for your brewery? What does the future look like for South Shore? Um, well, we're trying... <clears throat> a couple things we're trying to do is trying to open up a little party room in the back and uh, oh, bring cool. some other events in there, maybe do some axe throwing um, and, and, and some dart leagues and things like that. We've kind of d- done that already, but we're going to try to kind of run that ourselves at, okay. at this point. And uh, just honestly, just try to keep coming up with, you know, different beers and, and you know, different flavors that people are, are going to like right now. I mean, I, we'd like to, you know, do some more distribution. It, it's tough right now. Uh, I think that's a challenge for a lot of small breweries. Um, just figuring it all out and coming up with a system to, dis- right. to distribute is, is, is it's a huge, that's a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Once you once you've gained that uh, community support and you know you've got a lot of people supporting you, it's, that's when it's time to get the beers out there, right? Yep. And. Uh, Speaking of distribution, um, I mean, how would you go about doing that? Is that like something you would do yourself or hire out? Well, we're in between, right right now. We're doing it. You know, we've done a little bit of everything. We've hired out. We've done a lot. We're doing a lot ourselves right now. It's really, I think, the hardest thing is finding the right partner. Okay. Um, because you know, in business, everybody, um, you know, you look for you look out for yourself first, and. People may say, okay, yeah, I'll do this for you or do that for you. But, you know, obviously it comes at a cost. So really, really doing the research and, and comparing right. different, you know, models of how you're going to distribute is, is really important. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And I don't have. I don't. And I. I don't have an. I don't have a magic answer for what's perfect right on that. Definitely don't. So oh, we're still trying to figure that out. No, I don't think anybody does. Right. Uh, and if somebody came to you, asked for you for advice on opening their own brewery, which I'm sure they've done before, uh, what would you? What advice would you give them? I, I would and do it. Do exactly what we did. Just do as much research as you possibly can. Ask as many questions. Go into breweries. Go meet with the owners. Um, look at a brewery that you like. Um, look at a layout that you like. If you better, you better have a big tap room. You better have. If you can't accommodate a hundred people, um, you know you're probably thinking too small. Um, right. You know, Big thing for us is you know having live music on the weekends and stuff like that. Just to, just to have a, you know, we spend money on that. We don't charge cover charges, but just having, having a reason other than, it, the beer is the beer, but also having you know, re- other reasons for people to keep coming back is, is important. Of course, people want a nice vibe to hang out in yeah. for sure. Yeah. And uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Well, like I told one with the canner, but you know, like you know, like, like honestly, our, our best-selling beer was was a mistake. Our best-selling beer, Shark Bite, was never supposed to be Shark Bite. It was supposed to be something else. Um, came out, um, the the gravity came out totally different. Uh, but we said, all right, let's um, let's. This is a type of beer that we wanted to brew anyway, so let's. Uh, Let's go with it, and we'll call it. was supposed to be one the name of one beer. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but okay. so we're going to call it Shark Bite. We always wanted to make that beer, and uh, I I don't know. It just it just people were just like loved it, and they really enjoyed it. And we like, well, hey, this did this beer did really good. We're going to have to brew it again. Let's try to yeah. make this mistake again. <laughs> and then you know, after a couple of times, we kind of honed in the recipe that we wanted, and uh, you know, like I said, it's 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 one of our best top top three beers that we suck right now it's awesome yeah well i'm glad you guys messed up on that yeah <laughs> happy happy mistakes right <laughs> yeah right exactly sometimes they happen uh and i have a little segment called quick fire five all right it's five quick questions beer related uh somebody comes into your brewery what's one of the beers you recommend they try i would say try liquid perfection it's our it's our flagship pale ale it's one of the ones that kind of made me want to you know, drink good beer and, and and share it with people. Absolutely. All right. Uh, favorite brewery other than your own? Um, I would say, I mean, I, we went down to Asheville, and I really, I really liked uh, Sierra Nevada. I mean, it's a big brewery, but yeah. big brewery like that, that was like, it, that was I was just amazed of just how much work and effort they put in and how they put all the wood that they tried to put as much wood as they took out to build it back into the brewery with like benches and whatever uh, structural materials they needed out of that. Um, right. That, that's one of my favorites. My, and my favorite brewery again was Long Island Brewing Company back in the day in the 90s. <laughs> Up in West Coast. Gotcha. <laughs> Too bad they went out of business. Yeah, right. Who? Uh, or number three. Favorite, favorite style of beer. Um, I I I like a nice pale ale. Pale ale, nothing, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Something crisp, you know, right. drinkable, thirst quenching. 
Yeah. The last. What's the last beer you drank that blew you away? Oh uh, yeah. That's a tough one. I it doesn't have to be your own. Could be anybody else's. Oh, it's not going to be my own. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have to say like probably like one of the Russian River beers. Probably like Pliny, Pliny, Pliny the Elder. I mean, I, I really enjoy that beer. Too bad you can't get it over here. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to get. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, to get. get. Uh, and you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. Which beer are you used? Which beer are you having? Um, hmm. I would probably say. Do I pick up? Oh, I'm not gonna pick one of mine then. Okay. I would pick uh, 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 Focal Banger from uh, Alchemist. It's a great beer. I would take that one. All right. Yeah. Well, Nick, that's all I got for you, man. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast here with Nick Cimarelli of South Shore Craft Brewery in Oceanside, New York. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you. Yes. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Nick Cimarelli of South Shore Craft Brewery in Oceanside, New York. Whether you live in the neighborhood, you're passing through, or visiting a friend nearby, you check those guys out. Give them a follow on social media while you're at it so you can see what new beers they're putting out. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. Unless you like missing one, and then don't subscribe, and then don't talk to me anymore. We're no longer friends. Check out our YouTube channel where you get to watch videos of me interview brewery owners. And that's basically what this whole podcast is about. Also, give us a follow on our social media accounts as well for updates on the podcast. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.